This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So my next guest's artistry has taken him all over the world. With a voice described by the Los Angeles Times as smooth and soulful, his Broadway credits include Simba in The Lion King, Seaweed in Hairspray. He is widely recognized for his critically acclaimed role as Eddie Kendricks in the Emmy award-winning NBC miniseries, The Temptations, and is a two-time NAACP award nominee. As a vocalist, he has performed with among others, so do check out his bio, please, and his links. Stevie Wonder, Josh Groban, Randy Jackson, One Republic, and Smokey Robinson. He has a unique gift to celebrate life through music and inspire all of those who have had the great pleasure of hearing his song. It's with great pleasure that I introduce you all to Teron Brooks. Welcome, Teron. How you doing? Happy New Year. You too. Thank you for uh, for uh, coming again for 2.0. And, uh, you know, stuff happens, but this is a gift and opportunity, I think, to uh, revisit and check in with where we're at now. I agree. Sometimes have you ever reheated a meal and it's been better than the first time? Maybe that'll happen today. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not holding on to any old recipes. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, you, right off the top, I'm so curious to know, what would you say is is top of mind for you these days? What's holding most space? Um, you know, we come to a new year with resolutions and things that we uh, aspire for the year. And I think those are good. But I, I, I've decided this year to make a shift off of the things that I want to do, goals and accomplishments, and make a shift to personal growth, uh, personal mm-hmm. character growth, um, and so the top, top of mind uh, comes to me as being more, the word is not appropriate to everyone, but selfish, thinking about myself first, putting myself first to be able to help other people. But I think sometimes we ignore ourselves. And so for 2022, I'm really, that's the only thing I feel like I can maybe control is, is, is myself, not circumstances, but myself, my behavior, my thoughts, my perspective. So what's holding space for me right now is actually being responsible and actually being accountable, having maybe one or two people that I could tell, these are my goals that I want for myself. I want to be better. I want to see things differently. And I slip into these cracks or these, would you help me if you see that going this way? And then what I believe by doing that focus on myself, whatever doors I want to be open, whatever goals and resolutions and all those broader things, I'll be the person to be able to walk through those doors um, if I focus on myself, because we don't know what's open, what's going to happen. And I'm not saying that I'm not goal oriented, but I just think to answer your question, yeah, more f- reflection on myself, on how I'm feeling every day. Am I happy? Am I empty? Am I, what am I feeling? And trying to deal with those things. And I think I'll be a better service to others when I do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. You know, I'm hearing loud and clear that you're, you know, a deeper connection to self at the moment is what's calling your calling your energy. I think so. And I think I've seen results. You know, when you do something, um, they say insanity is doing the same thing over with no results. But what about the things you do with results that you actually see that work? You know, you start to go and it can be addicting in a positive way. Like, oh, I changed this. I changed that. Um, just practically, I, I decided to wake up earlier in the morning um, on January 1st. I said, you know what? 
I'm going to wake up. And just that small physical thing has shifted a lot. So you, it's, you can take a baby step into bigger things you want to do. But um, yeah, I have seen some positive growth from 2020 and 21, although we were in pandemic. I've seen some resilience on my part. I've seen some ways that I was able to uh, react to things that were progressive and, and positive and healthy. And I want more of that is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, no, that's brilliant. I, I completely hear you. You know, going into the, you know, into this whole, you know, new paradigm, you know, there've been all these stages, right? That, mm-hmm. that a lot that we hear people going through. And, and in the beginning, and still with some of my elderly um, family members, you know, there's been this sort of commitment to when, when things come back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the waiting, let's call it just the waiting. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so curious to know what you've observed outside yourself and also in yourself in terms of moving forward into your own paradigm. I feel like what's what the last two years or, or moments have shown us is is that things are unpredictable and and whatever we're waiting for seems to change or seems to be uh, conditional on something else, right? And so the beauty of 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 seeing that picture, even though that feels restrictive and confining and you know terrifying in some ways, is to pivot to adjust to allow, you know what I mean? The what's being presented to us as a way to not always be surprised by it or blindsided or disappointed by it, but as an open arm acceptance of it until things change again or when they change again. You know, my family, we went to Hawaii this past year. Now before 2020, we weren't doing anything, right? So I could say, okay, 2021, my family went to Hawaii and now we can't do anything, right? I could have that attitude, Or I could say, I got to remember those wonderful days in Hawaii that I got to and focus on the now, the here and the now and what we're able to do, the blessings of whatever we get to do, as opposed to the restrictions and the things that come against us to harm what we can't do in the future. Um, Because the future is not real, meaning what's real is just right now. So I think if we hold a space of gratitude for what we can allow. And if we learn to open, not tight fisted, close everything, I don't accept it, allow what this is, you know, and it doesn't mean that it will be forever. I think that might be the fear. And that's just too heady. It's too much to think about how is it going to work? And when is it, you know, just today, what can we allow? What are your plans that you can maybe make in the 24 hour period that you can? And I know that's hard for people who have families like me and you want to prepare for our future, but um, allowing to be shifted and changed in a way that doesn't have to be so negative. And in the way where you're really tasting that piece of cake that you're eating right now, that food that you're eating right now, that sunset that you're seeing right now, because then all of a sudden everything that was good is totally evaporated and you're only focusing on the negative and what you don't have. I think as people, we just are nature to, to do that, you know, having a high day. And then when it's a bad day, it's like nothing ever happened. I mean, I literally heard people complaining about 2021 on December 31st and then on January 1st, those same people, when it's a new day, were complaining about if you, it's not a pandemic, it's you, <laughs> You know, yeah. it's you. It's how you see the world. You know, in our greed for all things good, all things well, I will honestly say that I I feel like we're robbed of these fire brimming moments to refine ourselves. The only thing that we can learn is through 
Um, I'm not saying tragedy and wonderful and, and we should celebrate those things, but I know that because of some of the things that I've been lost, I have gained so much in, in the way that I thought think think of things. And to to tell you the truth, as, as an anxious person, you know, it sounds like I have it all together, but these are the tools that I have to hold on to so I won't go into the place that you're talking about because mm-hmm. I haven't arrived to this place of that, but I just know I need to slow down and settle myself and allow, accept, you know? And then if I have a long list of things that I need to do, most importantly are are the things that I can control. Mm -hmm. And the other things on that long list, I just have to cross those out. They're not gonna be able to be things that I'm gonna be able to to manage, but I can manage waking up on early in the morning, making my bed, uh, whatever meditation I do, you know, I can manage working out, I can manage. And those things make bigger differences than we allow. 100%. And yeah, I mean, it's so funny because we all talk about, oh, what has changed? You know, it's been, it's always been like that in life. It's just that this is really shone light on, we cannot control everything. So we felt kind of in a weird way, good about it. I feel like in the beginning, because we all had a big snow day. Yes. We were shut down. It, It actually kind of felt, you know, I mean, not to take away from, you know, the obvious, but in terms of having something else make a decision for us that we all were in the same boat, mm-hmm. collective trauma, but also collective slow down. Yeah. That was kind of amazing to feel like it's yeah. every single person, no matter your nationality, race, or what status, celebrity, yep. we all have to face this thing. And it, it made everybody to me more human. Yep. Uh, it made everybody else uh, kind of maybe assess how we're all in this thing together. So, yeah, you're right. I think we're a little bit we were a little bit delusional. I think that's the scary thing that I always say, you know, to, to, to have delusional happiness or real happiness, to really find out that the things you built everything on weren't that. And you were just wee wee, and to really find out that that's nothing or to really put your energy and investment in something that's real. It might be slow starting. It may not be as big as a monument to show everybody, but real happiness, you know, or joy, I call it, because I think happiness is conditional. And I think joy is something that you can hold on to all the time. Mm. You know, I think um, I'll be honest. I've delusioned myself into thinking I'm this, I'm great. I'm okay. You know, and until I had to face it and see it, that's where the pain set in. Wow. Everything I thought wasn't true, but you can shift that. You can change yep. that. You know? Yeah, that's right. And I think understanding that everything's a spectrum mm-hmm. and that you don't suddenly arrive to some kind of enlightenment about yes. how you're going to handle something, nor do yes. you ever arrive to the thing that you think is going to make you happy. Yes. yes. Because it just never does. Right. Um, hey, how many of us don't know that though? You know, that that spectrum, we're waiting for a, a finite ending, a finite beginning. And I, gosh, I think that's a sad state for people. And they're always, you know, surprised because they're like, oh, this changed. Well, yeah, it's a constant ebb and flow. It's a constant season change. So uh, it's more of people accepting it. And, and I get it. It'll take it however it is for each person to really accept these are the times <laughs> and this is the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I get the journey of that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um what would you say is your, your Achilles heel? Oh, uh, easy. Uh, my ego, uh, you know, when I think I am more than I am, when I think I am entitled to something, when I think, uh, when I think with the part of my brain, cause we all have egos that can be healthy, but, um, the false me, the, the bigger me, that's not there yet. <laughs> um, that's where I start to get into trouble. Mm. Achilles heel to, 
move from my heart, my true, authentic person, my real self, <laughs> even in the darkness and the, and the moments that aren't so pretty, to an ego-based presentation. Um, and when I do that with myself, then again, what I'm talking about, that's what I do with others. I start to expect things of others. The ego does, you know what I mean? I start, you know, because I'm not being real with my own grace and my own self. Um, so that, that's the issue. That's the problem. And it's usually attached to worth. So if I start to feel unworthy, I think I can unlock, unlock it. Cause I think for some of us, you have to call it out. Like, what is it? What's wrong with me? Why am I off? It's too easy to kind of put a general thing out there, but for me, it's tied to its significance or worthiness. When I start to feel that I'm not worthy or significant or what I'm doing, or I don't matter, then Mr. Ego comes in to, to cover the basis of that. And I've learned to kind of, okay, why don't I feel worthy? Is this true? You know, Mm -hmm. am I worthless? (laughs) You know, and I try to unpack that uh, as much as I can. And then I can, rear ego back a little and say, okay, no, no, this is what I really am. And I'm actually worthy of all this. And I'm actually confident and in the positive way, but the other stuff um, I can let go of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I read um, something beautiful Um, as, uh, as, as Tehran continues to open new doors, he makes sure he leads with his heart, right. With all he creates. He wants people to know that no matter how rough or dark a day may seem, it is a gift and there's always tomorrow. I'm not sure where I picked that up from, but it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know if it, what your personal definition is or looks like leading from the heart. I mean, it's a, it's a phrase that we've all heard, but obviously it's personal, right? What does it look like for you? Oh, um, wow. That's vulnerable. It's a great question. I, I think I, uh, I have faith. So I'm a man of faith, right? So I do think my heart is tied to something bigger, um, not controlled, but willingly tied to something bigger. So I think when I get to the heart of who I am and what I believe, it's tied to, you know, a faith in God or something like that. And so when I talk about leading with my heart, I'm mixing in, you know, my heart and my emotions and what we all call heart with also faith and a higher power or calling or my true, true essence and core is tied to a love that won't ever fail me. And so I want to lead with that heart, with that love. And, and, and sometimes when I talked about the ego, I, you can lead with the spotted heart, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about being perfection, but as pure as I can be, I equate purity with, with truth. So not perfection, but my pure intention, you know, and I want to lead with that because so many things cloud that choice, you know, like ambition and things we want and other people and pain and, you know, the chaos of what's going on. Those that's another spot. And then there's another spot. Then there's another spot. And, you know, so I try to unpack that, you know, probably on a daily basis. So then I can lead with, you know, how you read that quote with a pure heart. And if you do that, that connection with people is just so much stronger, even in your ugly moments or messy moments, or when you're that pure heart, that leading with, Hey, I had to apologize to a friend the other day. And, you know, it was something bad. And, but I was like, I really am sorry. It was not intentional. And I went to text him the apology. And I was like, you know, I have to call him, you know, and I, it was really uncomfortable. I mean, you know, I don't mind apologizing, but I think the pain of knowing that I might've hurt someone and not intentional and I had no excuse, 
really brought some humanness to me to go, I have to humble myself and say, hey, I'm human. I certainly didn't mean to hurt you. You have every right to be hurt, you have every right to be mad. Would you accept my apology? And there was something beautiful about it, bare, but that was my pure intention to lead with that. I could have kind of DM'd someone or made it, but I wanted to make him know that it was important for me to take whatever you needed to say, for me to listen and and lead with with that pure heart. I, I think that's what I'm aiming for. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. It sounds, um, as you said, vulnerable and courageous, which in, in many ways are the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. You know, you know, it's so funny. It's like, you know, the, the, there's an adage of, you know, you give what you want or, you know, and, and I, I, I've heard that so much and I have egotistically demanded that of people, well, I'm given this and, you know, and I want this, you know, but when I really dive deep, I'm like, I'm not giving that really, you know? And so let me hold off on my expectations of everybody else and what they should be giving me and try to figure out, am I really even giving what I really, really want, you know, and, and in my life, I really want authentic relationships. I want real encounters. I want people to know that with me, it's a safe place, uh, not to be judged, to be encouraged, you know, to be pushed if I love you, but not a judgmental place. And that's what I'm looking for in turn. So if I'm not giving that to myself, where, how did I think that I deserve that from other people in my delusion state of, you know, greed or what, what I think I might be possessing. So it's a stripping down. I think, I think that's what we're doing. And some people feel uncomfortable and that's why we, we want to go to the new normal. We want to hurry up and go back to the way things were, because this is way too uncomfortable, you know, and I get it. Um, but if you can move through the uncomfortable, I think you are undefeated because <laughs> you, because that means anything that comes that's uncomfortable, you can face that head on, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. No more living in a, in a world of, uh, you know, emotional breadcrumbs, you know, like I, did they notice the trail I'm leaving for how I want to feel? <laughs> right. You know, right. We were all guilty of that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, whether they, you know, they're appearing in social media hints or, or whatever, or, <laughs> you know, yes. and then we see them and then we see the breadcrumbs, but we don't follow them deliberately. And then it all the, you know, everything becomes this transactional kind of. Oh, yes. Yes. You're speaking. So, I mean, I, that was another thing that happened. A friend, I was seeing something that happened, you know, and this person was liking everything that I had put up on social media. Right. But then when it came time to like, really um, make a comment about this thing or support me in a real tangible way, I took the likes as, well, that's liking support that's a thumbs up for everyone else to see, but I didn't receive the support for real. <laughs> so I call that person, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't, I didn't need to write anything cryptic or manipulative or anything. I just call, and you, I couldn't believe, you know, this is a dear friend of mine, what this person was actually going through. Mm. Saw the likes, but it didn't feel something wasn't coming together. And then by just me reaching out without the assumption or the, you know, playing games or whatever like that, and being direct as I could in the purity of love. See, not in the purity of you did me wrong. I found out, wow, you know, there was some things that were going on and the thumbs up was all the person could give. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but I wouldn't have known that, like you said, if I was like, 
making up my own story or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great story. I mean, and, and I think it's important for the listeners to hear. I'm sure that we can all really identify with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so easy just to. I, I say this to people. I say, go first. Just go first. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're waiting. We're waiting for someone to take a step. It's scary to go first. But I in in, in my life, that I can only, you know, it's it, it's it's a high ratio. When I go first, usually the person meets me. There are occasions and times that there's it's a, <laughs> a disaster, you know what I mean, or or a loss or something like that. But and it does feel you know, hard to the ego to feel like I always go first, you know what I mean? And here I go, I got to do it again. And I'm just waiting for someone. But um, I don't know. I think it's, if, if, if people are worth it to you, if these people that you're grieving over, you know, if they're not, then they shouldn't be there anyway. You should try to find a way to (laughs) separate that. So that's not a wait for you, but if they mean something to you, go first. you know, and, and by time and in time, that branch, that arm, that hand, that heart will gain the trust that maybe you won't have to do it all the time first. You know, I know it's hard. It's hard. And, and what you're speaking to is, is what you were saying earlier, too, is, is exactly that. You know, in the work that I do, we talk about being givers. For many of us in this world, in this industry, you know, artists are givers, parents. Um, but it's attached, as you said. We give because we love the feeling. It feels good to give you know, you light someone else up and that feels really great. But if for some reason they're having a bad day and they don't light up in the way or don't like your pie that you baked for them all day and you shoot down back to the, you know, you throw the pie out the window or whatever. I'm using your metaphors. I know you you talk about food, but it's like, that's attached. Now, if you, if you gave them the pie and they didn't like it, the giving in itself has to be enough. You just got to give because you want to give, not because you want something back. Yeah. And it's hard. So you got to call yourself out. You're like you said, lead, but lead because you want to lead. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's okay not to give. Yeah. It's okay. If you find a situation where you're not whatever that, that's the thing. You don't have to deny yourself. I don't mean to deny yourself if you are a giver and kind of withhold from people, but I do think you can be selective. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't have to give your last dollar to the same person that never says thank you over and over again. That's ridiculous because you're a giver. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, you know? So but but you're right. Check yourself and look into it and say, if if I continue to give to him and they never say thank you and I continue to do it each time, then let it just be. I just know what I'm going to get. And I receive that. If I need something back and I'm not getting it, have I communicated that to, first of all, the, the, the person know, um, or maybe it's I can give it a different kind of way or save that gift for someone else. You know, yeah. so I think it's like you said, with this spectrum and this like this. And some things are different. Some people I'll give and I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they get, they'll get my last daughter, dollar. And I already yeah. know that. Some people, I have to decide what kind of category that might be in and what, you know, if I need something in return, you know, what, what that is. Has that been stated? Do they know that? Or, yeah. um, you know, you say people take advantage of you. Well, you, did you let them? You know, it's different between a robbery you know, somebody robbed you and came in and took your stuff. Yeah. Then you left the door open each time and the keys under the mat where they know. <laughs> well, you know what the difference is, right? Loud and clear intent. Mm-hmm. When you rob someone, when you're, when you're a criminal, 
you have intent. Yeah. You yeah. want to rob them. Yes. Yeah. When you give, if you don't give with intent, then you don't know what the hell you're going to get back. And mm-hmm. if you react to that, it's on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, if the intention is to give it truly to give, then by all means give. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you know in this moment? What do you know? It may change. Um, will be true about you no matter what happens. Ooh, these are good. Oh, uh, you know, when I'm always asked a question, I, you know, you try to think of the right answer or do you think of the answer that's available? So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to answer with what's available. I, what I know about me is that I will always try. I will always want to be better. Uh, I want to go higher. I want to have an elevated way of thinking. I want to correct anything that's not right. I, I, I'll always try. I will never give up. Mm. And I'll always be true mm. uh, for me. Why, why is that important to you? Because I believe that we're almost there. And how unfortunate to go so long in a journey to give up when you really don't know how close you are. And I've seen in my own life that my persistence has um, brought me um, a certain amount of wealth. And let's not say money, but a certain amount of wealth because I said, I tried again. I got back up. I didn't let that disappointment uh, kill me. I didn't, you know. I, I, I got hit again. I loved again. I tried again. You know, it is shown me in my life that that fortitude and that resilience in life until the end of the journey, you know what I mean? You can declare it's the end. You know, when I'm 50, if I don't do this, it's over. I'm not that person. No, when it's the end, it's the end. And I'm going to try until the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's where it comes from seeing again not the insanity but actually the gifts of things that work in this way that i'm saying yeah and and hope just saying oh my gosh if it's tomorrow and i gave up today how sad i can wait till tomorrow you know (laughs) yeah but you know if it's next year if i if i if i continue with this practice then that's yes is that 12 months from now whatever i can say oh it's 12 months from now or i can say it's just 12 months from now. Yep. How do you look at it? You know, 100%. Yeah. And you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's a practice, isn't it? It's called practice because it'll never be perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's cool. Actually, like you said, but you know, are you invested in your life? You know, are you invested in your life? You know, you can invest in things. You could want money and go to the bank and get an investment for something, but are you personally invested in your life in building what you want to and if you do that first, you can, you know, all the other stuff that you want, hopefully will be there. But that's something that I know I can do rich or poor. I can invest, you know, I can believe I can set the practices that I, yep. that I want. So, yeah, no, absolutely. How do you want to be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered by love, you know, that, that heart attachment thing. I want actually people to say, speak of that, 
that they actually felt that. Mm. I would love that. People would say that they felt that. You know, I, my, my best friend's mom passed away and we had a celebration of life. And it was the first time I had been to anything. It wasn't a funeral, so, you know, it's different. But any, any, anything when you lose someone. It's the first time I've ever been where people were crying, but there was no grief. Mm. It, there was no heaviness, you know? And this was a, uh, a quick loss, a loss we weren't expecting and all that. But it was so beautiful because the love was so rich. And the only comments that could have been said wasn't, oh, she's gone. I can't. Blah. Just how wonderful it was, how much this person mattered, how much this person contributed, how we're changed because of this person, how we still feel the love of this person right now. It was so beautiful. I think that's what I want, you know, to, to be remembered for um, love that was tangible. Like I, when I was with Tehran, I felt it. Mm. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah. I feel it. <laughs> well, that's why the work that's why the work you're saying is so valuable, right? And and not to pump myself up, but without that work, you don't get it. You you know, they'll read that obituary and say this this what's ever on the page, but if yeah. you didn't if you didn't if you didn't go through something to unlock something that was so true to connect, and I do believe that pain is the equalizer, you know? Um, and I've learned to, cause I used to be a concealer. I, mm. Everything was fine. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, God is good. And I, I used to be that person, you know, I didn't want you to feel bad for me or worry about me or yep. feel that I couldn't help you because I didn't have my thing together. You know, Now I'm like, oh no, if I tell you everything is a mess in my life, but I still have hope. That's when we can have a real conversation. You know, mm. if I tell you that I'm worried too, or I don't know, or I'm have doubts too, even in faith. That's a connection, you know? Um, and so the messiness of life, you know, allows for sometimes some richness too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. What What is your definition of living in the moment if you had one? Um, well, you know, it's gratitude. That's pretty simple, I guess. If you're going to live in the moment and you're thankful, you know, that's how you keep it right now you know i think the easiest way to process it in the moment is just wow and that can take a breath too i've learned sometimes by taking a breath it reminds me i'm alive <laughs> you know i can yep. um, exhale those things that are holding me you know that my whatever those concerns that you know and let it come out of me you know yes i can inhale uh, uh, a feeling of gratitude of, you know, in the moment I can, okay. For the moment, I think. So that keeps me the gratitude and the breath, the breath of now mm. keeps, keeps it in, keeps it really in the moment. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's hard. You, I never liked the term, you know, you don't look back. You don't look back. You're not going back. We're all moving forward, but reflection is positive to reflect on the past. Good. You know, the past challenges, the past victories, that that's also very helpful for now. Because if I was like, oh, God, if that happened before and that happened before and I got through that before and, oh, that was a good time. And I then that's, an, you know, it can help the present time. Yep. Um, what we mostly focus on, though, is not 
we focus on the bad and that cripples us, you know, or makes us feel like we're going to go back to that bad moment or that bad time or, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Being able to leverage in, in a positive way for now, what the past, you know, use it as data. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A reference. You know, uh, yeah. Literally. Right. And how it applies to now that's useful, good and bad. Very useful. And yeah. I think the danger is trying to do that with the future. Oh yeah. Cause you don't, you don't know the future. There is no data, <laughs> but we don't, we don't do that. We, we assume that this will be our future and we're making references on something that's not there yet. Yep. And so, and we're afraid and we're frustrated because, you know, we yep. haven't even arrived to that place yet. We haven't earned it, but that's what we're doing. And I, and I think that's dangerous, even though I want to be forward thinking and I want to believe that I'll get to that wonderful place. And I have it laid out in some of those dreams I see in my mind or believe that they will be there, but I can't use it as a reference because that's no. not data that you can calculate. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. And that's why we just have to build each moment. Mm. Each moment mm -hmm. is a step towards mm -hmm. who knows, right? Yeah. But if I know that I want my future to be a certain way, I'll start thinking backwards. Yep. then today is actually a building block for that. And 100%. Prepare. So when I look back here, what happened on January 6th last year, I can I can create that. Yeah. And those will be momentous things that will move me forward. So th there is control. There's something we can have. Oh, yeah. Something we can't be chefs of so we don't feel like we're mandated to do everything and we're, our hands are tied. That's not true. There's something you can do you know, create your future by creating, creating your now. Yeah. 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 100%. I mean, I, I say that a goal is a place to come from, not a place to get to. Mm. Right. Mm. Can you finish this phrase? Mm -hmm. uh, most people think Teron Brooks is, but the truth is. <sighs> most people think Teron Brooks is happy all the time. But the truth is I experience low, lower levels of, uh, of emotion um, almost more often than the higher ones. I think because of my empathy and my concern and my care, it, it doesn't lead me to depression or a bad space, but I do feel a lot. I see people where they are. I feel pain. I feel that I would almost say that I feel that more, but that infuses and that fuels and that helps me to respond with joy. So if you're going to look at me on the outside, most people would say, Tehran is happy all the time. Oh my God. You know, and they don't know how I got there because more, more of the moments, and this is not in a way where I'm saying it's bad. I'm just saying for me, yeah, I feel pain. Yep. And, I, and and I'm allow, I'm allowing it. I'm allowing to feel it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just have to figure out how, what to do with it. And so the joy that may be so potent that people feel—that's what I'm saying. It's because I'm connected to what's really real, you know. Yeah. The tragic thing is, I used to feel responsible for that. I think that's what I'm changing within myself. I used to feel I'm responsible. I need to manage everybody's thing, and that was really not true. Um, the ego told me that I got excited if I thought I could do it. And so that made me feel significant or worthy, you know? And so now I don't do that. I don't need to manage any. I'm not responsible for that. Yeah. yeah. I can help. I can shine a light. I can help. 
You know, I can open a door and say it's down this way, (laughs) but I don't know if I have to physically carry people's bags and things like I felt like I had to in the past. For sure. For sure. And that probably speaks to, you know, your gratitude for the gifts that you have and that you should be using them, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, without sort of sprinkling in a little bit of, yeah, but you're going to get tired. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Before we go, you want to jump in and do a little rapid fire. I'll say what makes you and you just say whatever comes to your head. Here we go. What makes you hungry? Macaroni and cheese. What makes you sad? (sighs) My kid's pain. Yeah. What inspires you? Fullness of life. What frustrates you? Selfishness. Mm. What makes you laugh? Um, my wife's sense of humor. And what makes you angry? Um, for frauds, people who are frauds. Mm. Yeah. Why does that make you angry? Um, because it's probably not the best attribute about me, but if I smell it, I get angry that you thought you could fool me. Ah, fair. So I'm sitting here going, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Oh my gosh, what are you doing? It makes me angry, maybe frustrated more just to know, Hey, just stop all that. Stop. Yeah. And the fact that you think this performance is doing something, <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah. it, it, it makes my, it makes me feel like I'm not intelligent. You know what I mean? It makes, you know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. You're not being met where you're at. Yeah. And that's probably not that person's fault because they've been doing it for so long, you know, but then that means they're totally not in tune. That's what I mean. They're not even present because they're doing the same thing because the energy should shift when you go to a different kind of place. And if you still do the same thing, thinking you can fool the same people and you're so unaware of that, then I think that's when I go, oh, you know, let your guard down now and put it back on when you got to go to someone else's house. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, what makes you grateful? Uh, moments like, honestly, just moments, moments like this, because everything that I had said and everything that you had allowed from a space of truth. And so I'm very grateful to have moments. These are the moments I'm so much after Mm. so much, you know? Um, so moments like this where, where it's easy, it's easy. Just, just really, really talking. Yeah. Yeah. Same. What are the the top three things that have happened so far today? Oh, I watched a mini sermon this morning. So I learned something from a mini sermon that really had to do with me. I love when sermons meet you, you're just kind of scrolling around and then you're like, oh my gosh, they're talking to me. (laughs) Uh, I was happy that I was able to wake up early, like I said, because I'm telling you that's the new thing. I guess this is just more of a feeling. I'm just happy that I, with the chaos outside of this door, uh, this morning, this day, I'm not feeling any of that angst or mm. weight. And mm. So that that makes me feel good. That's amazing. And what's something that you're looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to, um, I, I'm excited for the expansion because I think it will be a leap. I don't think it'll be a step 
I think if I can do some of these things and really pay attention, you know, in these in this year or in this next few months or whatever, I'm excited to see what had been, you know, doors are open. Sometimes we just don't go through and we think they're locked and I can't get through. Well, did you open a door? <laughs> you know? And so I am, I'm really excited. I, I believe that there's something there for work that I have decided to do. And I'm excited for that. Oh, wonderful. It's been such a joy speaking with you today. I really mean it. Thank you for spending the time. I appreciate you reaching out again. And it, it, it's, it was perfect time. It's perfect timing. So great. Whoever, well, whoever's listening, I just hope that everybody feels um, that, that, that they can be heard. You know, in 2022, try to try find someone <laughs> so you won't keep that internal. That So we've had a great conversation, you and I, but if you're listening and you feel alone or whatever, find someone that will hear you mm. um, and, and it'll, it'll make you feel, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. 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 I've been speaking today with Teron Brooks. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.